Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. Hello and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old, some movie industry news, uh, while incorporating some fun pizza-related conversation into the mix. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and I'm joined by my partner in crime. Michael, partners. Partners. And we in got, crime. We got two more partners with us today. This is a big-ass podcast today, folks. I hope you're ready for it. It's, it's a megapod. I'm pumped about it. It's a big old slice of pizza we got going on. Ooh, um, all the toppings. All the toppings. Um, really quick, let's introduce our first guest. Um, been planning with this, been planning um, for him to be on the pod for a little bit regarding this movie. Excited to have him here. Welcome, Tom, to the podcast. Tom, how's it going? Thanks for having us, boys. Appreciate it. A bit nervous, to be honest. I've never, first time on a podcast. Um, I feel a lot of pressure as being a, a British fella trying to talk about James Bond. But I'm just here to have a good time. Hope I don't let you down. Yeah, I'm super pumped to meet you, Tom. Uh, tell me and everyone else who you are and, and what you do and how you how you logged in today with us. <laughs> so originally from England, um, I did I'm at, I'm a I'm a vet. I did my vet school in England, came out here, met my girlfriend, Hannah, through where I did my internship. She was best friends or is best friends with Brian's wife, Kimberly. Um, and then, yeah, I knew Kimberly a long time before I met Brian. Been meaning to meet Brian for a long time now, but COVID and such. So Brian came down to Raleigh here. That's where we live now. Um, I'm doing my surgical residency at the vet school here at NC State. So I'm in Raleigh. Brian came over a few months back. We had a great weekend. And since then, I've been itching. I've been begging for him to get on the podcast. But that's why Brian's like, okay, we'll let you on. We'll come. You can come on a Bond episode. He didn't let me come on anything <laughs> else. You know? Well, you've listened to more podcasts than my little brother has listened to. And he's already been on a couple. So you're already more <laughs> okay. qualified. Than so we're, uh, we're excited to have you, man. And dude, that weekend in Raleigh was so much fun. I mean, I've never visited a friend who had a weekend as planned out organized as you and Hannah did. And honestly, that was just like, it was such phenomenal hospitality and just, we had a phenomenal time. It was obviously great meeting you. It was a great time. And I know that's going to, that's going to show itself here. I think on this pod with just the chemistry that you'll bring and the knowledge that you have with bond and all that good stuff. Well, high standards, bro. <laughs> we got yeah. this. Um, so the other partner with us on the podcast today, I've known a little bit longer than I've known Tom. Um, <laughs> it's, he's been on the podcast before. It's my dad, Doug Deal. Dad, how's it going? Thanks for being here. This is rather spontaneous for you. I'm proud of you for jumping and just doing it on like a couple hours notice. Yeah. Hey, no problem. Just saw the movie this afternoon. We're in Michigan babysitting the grandkids. And while the kids were in preschool today, we went. Your mom and I went to go see the movie this afternoon and I exchanged a few texts with Brian after the after the movie to let him know I saw it. And here I am. Yeah. And in those texts, he incorporated some hot takes, which then inspired me to ask if he wanted to be on the pond. And he said, yes, I did not know mom saw the movie really yeah. quick before we just jump into it. Obviously, we're talking No Time to Die, the latest Bond movie, Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, huge momentous occasion. But I didn't realize mom saw the movie. Um. Well, mom, I mean, dad, no spoilers here, but what did, what did she think? 
Yeah, what was her take? She liked it a lot. She was she was she was really happy with it. Wow. This is all right. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, not, so Doug she was, not, she was I think she was somehow psychologically prepared for the way things turned out. But um yeah, so she wasn't too affected by it. Okay, cool. You're really <laughs> beating around the bush the pretty directly i feel anyways let's go ahead and anyway just... so so doug you, you well saw you're it. the one who brought it up <laughs> you saw it let's break it you saw it this afternoon doug so it's, yeah. is it the freshest in your mind tom when did you see when were you able to see it opening night thursday okay and brian you went correct me if i'm wrong friday correct friday and then you saw it oh yeah, i saw it last wednesday, wednesday early yeah. previews so suckers um, so that's definitely just put that out there. I'm really interested in in the fresher takes that Doug has coming right off of it because I I ain't the I'm not the Bond guy on the pod this week, everyone. I am just the regular uh, Joe Schmo who's gonna hang out and watch you guys really talk history and legacy, hopefully, because uh, not my territory. I, I was able to go to the movies with my father-in-law, and uh, he's a huge huge Daniel Craig slash James Bond fan. So. This is, I'm entering new territory here. This isn't my, my franchise, but I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So I guess, Ooh, go for it, dad. No, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, I'm like a life, lifelong fan of, of, of James Bond. I mean, I used to be like, when I was in high school, I was a crazy fanatic for James Bond. I saw the movies uh, when they would be reissued at the theaters. I saw them all on the big screen, Um, you know, from Dr. No all the way through, you know, diamonds are forever, I think, and and beyond, whatever. After the Pierce Brosnan one started coming out, it probably dropped off the radar a little bit on, on the James Bond stuff. But anyway, big James Bond fan. Um, I really, really like Daniel Craig a lot as James Bond. I thought he's brought a whole new thing to it that I really enjoyed a lot um, over the course of these last five movies. That being said... I went into this movie with super low expectations based on the previous film Spectre, which I thought was pretty close to abhorrent, you know, just one of the worst entries <laughs> in the entire franchise. And that includes all of the Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan stuff as well. I mean, I just, I don't know, they went completely off the rails with Spectre. So I was, I, I was very guardedly, went into this very guarded, I, you know, I did not have high expectations and I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I liked it much, much better than I expected. And, um, I was pleased with the way they wrapped up, uh, Daniel Craig's tenure as bond. Sweet. Cool. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Big bond fan. Remember you talking about bond growing up and I think he even showed me a couple movies too in the basement yep. at 1047. Yep. Yep. Um, bouncing it over to you, Tom, what does Bond mean to you? What kind of fan are you with Bond? You said you're a big Bond fan, especially, you know, growing up in England. I can, I, I tell us a little bit about Bond in the culture, in your life, and where you're at right now with the character. Yes, yeah, so it's interesting hearing Doug because I'll, I'll, stay, I'll say where I started with James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. So I think the first movie, the first movie I ever remember, and, you know, Bond for us back home was, I was never a huge guy to go to the cinema growing up necessarily, but every single Bond film that came out, the whole family would go. And it was a nice, you know, we go to a Pizza Hut or something, we used to do that, and then go to the Bond movie, and that was always something we did. So 
I actually grew up on Bond and I think probably Tomorrow Never Dies was the first Bond I ever saw. I then went back, obviously, as I became a super fan and watched everything from Sean Connery onwards through, yeah, the ropey Roger Moore years, Timothy Dalton, you know, the some of the real ropey movies in the middle, all the way back through the Piers Brosnan's I've watched a million times, and then into Daniel Craig. And, you know, that's when I've, I can sort of appreciate cinematography a little bit more, the script, the, the way that that has drastically, in my mind, changed from everything that went before it um, up until this newest one. I have to agree with Doug. Well, then, I, I, I don't know where Doug's going to go with this. He, you know, we, might, we might get onto this later as to what happens in the Daniel Craig era. I thought it started so strong. Yes. I actually loved Casino Royale. I still love Casino Royale. Yeah. That's still... Yeah. We might even come to this, Brian. You, you know, you might ask me my favorite bo- Craig's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it right here. Casino Royale. With you there. Above Without the a doubt. Yes, absolutely. That's consensus right here. Yeah. And then... I thought Quantum Solace was the worst. <laughs> I did not enjoy that movie. I saw that in the movie theater, and I think it's tough coming off the back of Casino Royale a few years later. Oh, man, I thought that was bad. Um, I think uh, Skyfall is probably... I'm not sure when... I'm not sure yet where um, uh, uh, No Time to Die fits into this for me, and I think we'll touch on this a bit later as I get more into depth about... I think this movie does uh, and then yeah Spectre just fell off the cliff um, I don't think quite as bad as Quantum of Solace um, but then I think this this brought it back it does end the Daniel Craig era nicely mm-hmm. uh, or it ends it I don't know whether nicely is the correct word um, and I don't want to give anything away here now but um, it was certainly it certainly was a way to finish that off. And so I think I not even, can't even remember exactly what the main question was, Brian, now, and I think this will happen as the night goes on. But <laughs> what it means to me, um, I thought that, again, it's still in my mind, this huge spectacle. I try to get everyone I know to go to the cinema with me. I got to, Hannah wasn't, Hannah, I guess she wasn't interested really, but she came along for the fun of it. Um, I think this went out with a bang. And... Literally. It's interesting. It's interesting when Michael was saying how interesting to take the new take from Doug, seeing it so fresh in his mind. I couldn't sleep that night. I was trying to process my thoughts as to what that meant. And I've really sort of come maybe 180 on it. And my thoughts have maybe changed on the movie since when it, since I walked out of the theater. Um, but without giving too much away. I, I think that's so fair because definitely you said the word spectacle and like, I'm wondering, in your opinion, if that's what maybe elevated the Craig films. Like you said, it kind of started something new for the for the franchise and for the character. Like, is it you like, Tom, you even said the word cinematography, right? Like it just it seems much more cinematic than than the previous ones. Do we do we think that that's I don't know, maybe like we're putting them all up on a big pedestal and then maybe 10 years down the line, we're really going to be like, nah, Daniel Craig was just as bad as Pierce Brosnan. No, Ooh, hot take. All of you just no. like gave me the dirtiest no. look just now. No, it's so funny because I think it's just this loyalty I have to the name James Bond 007. Mm. In that, 
I was still like Piers Brosnan. I cannot, and here's, here's the funniest bit about it. I cannot and almost will not watch Piers Brosnan in something else. I, I actually cannot stand the guy, but I will watch his Bond movies. And I think that's just because that's who I fell in. That's, that's the first Bond yeah, I, watched. I fell in love with James Bond and he was that character. I think that's an, but now, indicative of your generation. I think, you know, the fact that you grew up with, you know, Pierce Brosnan. I know a lot of people who love Pierce Brosnan. They think he's like the best James Bond ever. Um, whereas I did not, and I do not, you know, think of him as the best James Bond, you know, at all. And it's kind of weird because I remember, you know, I don't know, it seems like a hundred years ago. I remember when um, uh, I first saw Pierce Brosnan in a, a small movie called uh, The Long Good Friday, and uh, he played an IRA terrorist in it and he was like super menacing and dark and frightening and even though he was only in it a little bit and when i heard he was being bandied about for james bond i thought this guy is gonna be really good and then he did remington steel here in the states and um you know pretty boy you know you know light-hearted comedy type of thing and then i got a little worried and then you know they put him in those films and you know they just weren't my cup of tea you know i mean compared to I really, really like the more mature adult take that um, they did with the Daniel Craig stuff. And then also, you know, even many of the earlier films with Sean Connery, um, like from Russia with Love and, um, and, and that kind of film are like some pretty good serious, you know, spy films that I really appreciated a lot um, as, a, as opposed to like Roger Moore, very comic book like. Um, and then some of the some of the spectacle in the Pierce Brosnan movies also are very, you know, I don't think they hold up as well. So who would, so you said you're a fan of Craig, who would be your bond dad? Would are you all, you know, you, you're like, Oh, Tom, I can see you, you know, you, you, you gravitate towards Pierce Brosnan because it's nostalgic. That's how your introduction to the franchise. Does that mean like a Sean Connery, your guy, or are you like, no, I think I've, I've understand it enough to no. the point where I'm like, Hey, it is Daniel Craig or Roger Moore. I really, really like Daniel Craig. Dino Royale came out. I thought that was like a star star turn, a great performance, a great, uh, a well-directed film, decent, a good script. I mean, just all the action set pieces were spectacular. Martin Campbell was the director, and I wish he had come back to do um, another one of the Bond films because I thought he did that one just spectacularly. Yeah. And I, I don't think any of the other ones, subsequent ones, have quite held a candle to that one but yeah after daniel craig i you know yeah sean connery's you know the original the thing with sean connery is like you know when he ended up they they started getting sillier and sillier as time went along by the time you know you only live twice came out it was just it was kind of it was it was too much and then he comes back for diamonds are forever too old too stupid and quits again and does never say never again that was that was awful. That was probably worse than um, Spectre and um, whatever the hell else we were talking about. But um, no time to die. Quantum of Solace. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to Quantum of Solace sometime later. But anyway, <laughs> Sean Connery could have stepped out of it earlier. One of the things that I like, we'll probably get onto this later, but one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting about this movie is it paid a lot of tribute, made a lot of uh, references 
to one of my favorite James Bond movies called Honor Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby, um, which, you know, he only did one Bond film, but I, that's one of my favorite Bond films of all time. And this movie, I was telling Brian, part of this whole thing is that I thought, man, this director must really like that movie because, you know, they played theme music from Honor Majesty's Secret Service in this movie. They played the song, uh, We Have All the Time in the World, which was originally in uh, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And then um, the, some of the dialogue, oh, you know, where he says, well, you know, we have all the time in the world. That's lifted straight out of um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service right towards the end of that film as well. So I thought that that was really, really interesting that they did that, even to the point where they were playing the theme, which is one of my favorite John Barry scores of any of the Bond films is on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So that's all I got to say. No, appreciate that insight. So I guess we'll just jump into No Time to Die right now, right? This two-hour and 45-minute epic Oof. that is Daniel Craig's swan song. Michael. Is that how long it was? Two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's basically it's endgame. You know, it's 15 minutes shorter than endgame. That's ridiculous to me that it takes that long to tell this story, which in and of itself is reasonably derivative of every other megalomaniac spy movie that's ever been made. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. It's too long. Too long. I, I, I see all of our heads shocking, shaking our heads. Yes, I think, I think you're not alone in that, in that sentiment. Michael, let's jump to you. You saw the movie first. What are what are your immediate takeaways from the movie as a whole as being kind of like maybe the outsider as a Bond fan, like just from a maybe a movie going perspective, a movie as a whole, entertainment, blockbuster, popcorn eating. What'd you think of this experience? Yeah, I mean, it was all there. I'm I'm a really glad I got to see it in IMAX. Um, because it's just it is such a big picture. It is this there was no on-demand option for anybody. So you had to commit to the two hours and 43 minutes, which is asking a lot of an audience. And although I think we're all kind of teetering around the idea that the second half might have been a waste of our time a little bit, I still was very kept until the very end, for sure. So, yes, the popcorn was gone. The bathroom breaks were torturous. I was running through the hallways. So I, I thought I thought it was great. It's a great cinematic spectacle that does not have any fucking superheroes in it. So I was very, very pleased to go there. Um, and, and just in general, you know, I, I love endings i think endings are so important and i've seen enough of the daniel craig saga that i was super pumped just to see like how this is like a like i don't know one of the most well-known characters for anybody right now and daniel craig has been like lauded as the best of the best and i i tend to lean towards that for sure i've seen enough of the old ones um although i'm uh <laughs> i'm really um Tempted to say that whoever that guy was in The Spy Who Shagged Me was really great. <laughs> <laughs> so if we ever want to do it, <laughs> I was thinking, I, I don't know why Austin Powers always jumped in my mind during every Bond filming that I had uh, screening. But I, I, thought, I thought it was great. Yes, great, beautiful, large scale, worthy of my time. Cool. Although it was fucking long. And then listen to any of the previous episodes and any long movie, you know, I'm just, I'm moaning about it already. You and me both. We definitely, we definitely share that. I, uh, man, the opening sequence was long itself. I think, oh, I don't think yeah. the title, I don't think the title sequence played until like 30 minutes in. And then, so 
immediately once the intro song played, I booked it to the restroom. And that's when I peed and I came back right as it ended. So I still haven't heard any of that song, but I was I was pretty excited. You're not missing that, anything, that Brian. That song was rough. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane how long it took for it to play that one. Where I feel like in Casino Royale, it played after like five minutes, that mm-hmm. epic black and white opener. And yeah. normal, uh, that is the case. Yeah. Um, Tom, how about you? Big Bond fan. Is this one? Was this your first time back to the theater? Period since the pandemic. And if hey. so, two. Talk about that really quick, and then obviously, yes, please talk about the movie itself. Well, yeah, for sure, it was the first time back. I'm not, as I said at the start, that if there's a bond coming, I've been looking forward to this since it was supposed to come out. When was that, 18 months ago? I think literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, genuinely, I wouldn't really know what's on in the movies otherwise. I know it's a movie podcast, controversial, but I wouldn't really, to be honest. <laughs> um, but this is, that's why this is such a spectacle for me, and I was so looking forward to it. I was excited about it being that long because I was like, well, I never go to the movies. And if, if one doesn't come out, because who knows now what's going to happen. Um, I was excited for it to be that long. Um, the movie itself. So I think for me, this is like when I thought about it over the last few days, and especially then for this podcast, I think it really had the, the idea of what they were trying to achieve has really grown on me. And I think that has happened actually with every Daniel Craig Bond, whereas the ones that have gone before it, you know, if you're watching Goldfinger, which is a sick movie, um, <laughs> you're like, you can come out of the movies like, oh, that was great. Um, Casino Royale, you came out of the movies, that was great. But I don't think you really appreciate how, you know, how they were trying to take this Daniel Craig character, which is so different to what they've done with all the rest of them. So when I came out of this one, I was initially feeling some way about it. And then I have come to like it and love it a little bit more. And I, I now can't wait to watch it again another three or four times um, <laughs> because I will do that for sure. But the movie itself, I think there was a few, the good parts and the bad parts. Um, the bad parts, I, I thought there's a few things that are a bit weird for me and it'd be interesting to see other people's input because I've tried to chat to Hannah about this and, that didn't go anywhere, you know, she just, <laughs> she, she's not interested in that. The whole Spectre thing, right? That yes. that whole thing is built, right? And then it came to a, well, we think a conclusion, but it came, you know, it was still a well and well and live, I guess, after the end of Spectre. I was looking forward to seeing the end of Spectre, yes. but I thought just the way that happened, aside from the scene being actually pretty cool, um, and then that character, I, I meant to write her name down, I completely forgot, Anna something. You know, the girl who comes in like in Cuba when they're in Cuba? Yeah, that's oh, Anna Darmus. Paloma. Paloma. Paloma, yeah. Aside from the scene being awesome, and I loved her little, ca- I loved her little cameo role. I thought that was just yeah. so cool. I was, I was re- that's when I thought, right, this is getting started. This is going now. And then it, I felt it dropped off a bit again. But um, <laughs> aside from the scene being cool, I thought the whole end of Spectre was a little bit weird, um, just kind of like in the middle of the movie. And I think what that did was it kind of brought an abrupt end to this bad guy 
that had built over a number of movies and then didn't really give time for the new bad guy to develop. And even though this movie was so long, I don't think it allowed the character to develop. And so, you know, where you kind of like fall in love, but hate the bad guy in the Bond movies, like Le Chief, what a cool Bond, a bad guy, Goldfinger, you know, and even like the earlier ones that sort of Blofeld comes in and out of, and like you get to like those guys. And even though I think, I, I really like Rami Malek, or how we say his name, but I really like that actor. I really like that guy. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't get to love his character at all. I wasn't necessarily excited when he came back on screen. And that was weird because I love that guy. I love the character. I love the actor. Um, when I knew yeah. he was going to be the bad guy, I thought it was really cool. I completely agree with you. And I think some of the cool things with the Bonds, it's like you get to see these villains a good bit throughout the movie. There's always these interactions. Like in Casino Royale, they're literally across the table playing poker for like half the movie. And you see these interactions. You get to know Bond through the villain and vice versa. And then in Skyfall, which I enjoy, there's someone here on this call who does not. But there's a really cool sequence between Silva and Bonds. When, when Craig is tied to a chair and they're just talking and interacting, it's not very, it's menacing, but it's not violent. Yeah. It's the best part of the movie, dad. You're, you're breaking up a little bit too, again, just a heads up, but, and then in this movie, um, you don't see that interaction like to Tom, to your point with Rami Malek's character until they're on the Island with like 30 minutes left to go in the movie. So like, like you said, you have that really cool cold open sequence with Rami Malek's character. And I thought that was really terrifying and really effective, mm -hmm. but then you don't really see him again until the last 30, 45 minutes. And then to the point where I'm like, I forgot he was even in the movie, you know? Right. So, and <laughs> yeah. you're, and you're, and then you're right about Spectre. Like, I don't know what provoked them to be like, hey, this movie didn't do that well, but let's keep on writing this idea of Spectre in this movie and give it the proper ending it deserves after the first hour and a half, you know? So, I and, and I think they, they took a chance on like the audience just kind of us just believing like, all right, this is a bigger bad guy because he wiped out Spectre so easily. Spectre, Spectre in the history of Bond films is one of the most iconic villainous organizations that he's you know encountered time and time again or the entire franchise i mean so you know I, I i could see why they want to hold on to that um i i agree with tom that it was kind of crazy the way just you know i'll get them all together in one room and then you know take care of this you know uh <laughs> take care of business that was you know it was again contrived and you know it is what it is it was just you know a a, a thing to move the story forward i guess um, yeah, it, sh it showed off but, the effectiveness and the power of that 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 dna based weapon right i mean it, it, yes yeah heracles yeah hercules yeah heracles heracles whatever yes, it, I didn't, with it a was, p heracles <laughs> no, it's heracles <laughs> Tom, you jerk. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know. I, so I agree. I think Rami wasn't in it enough. And I, I think for back-to-back -back movies now, they literally have these Oscar winning actors literally playing the yeah. villains and yeah. they just wasted them. They're like, they're over two with Christoph Waltz and Rami Malek. And I'm just like, uh, how, like, how do you, Christoph Waltz, I haven't seen him in either of these movies, but my impression has been he knows how to play villainous and menacing really, really well. I think he won an Oscar for that. And then they somehow just made him not that at all, Inspector. Mm -hmm. And then Rami Malek, I mean, in Mr. Robot, he plays this isolated 
individual who's really dark and battles his demons and then in this movie i i don't even know what he was trying to do in this yeah. movie and that's the question i needed to pose because i'm a I, i'm not even going to defend myself and say i'm a rami malik fan because after this that's my question is what was he going for just like scarred man i Dude. Uh, he didn't even like he had this almost like thanos complex but none of Thanos's character I, I like sorry to compare three hour movies but it's just the world <laughs> we live in right now well, what was what was Rami the actor going for and could it have been the script go <laughs> I think he was playing like a trying to be like a stereotypical Bond villain like uh, you know maybe Tom or my dad can speak more to it but like just like a little a little over the top maybe a bit out there he has he has the phys- he has the physical features and just i don't know i think he was just really hamming it up and it didn't really work for me he reminded me a lot of the way he was dressed the way the cadence of his voice he reminded me a lot of uh dr no um, from the first bond movie who was played by joseph wiseman i think was the actor and just the real you know deliberate delivery not, not crazy just you know telling you know, setting things out for James Bond the way they are. And this is, you know, what's going to happen. And, you know, I remember Dr. No, you know, doc, Dr. No telling James Bond, you know, you are nothing but a simple policeman, you know, you know, whatever, just, you know, real dismissive and stuff. And he reminded me a lot of Dr. No, even the way he dressed, um, reminded me of Dr. No a lot. And I wondered if, you know, he was influenced by that performance. Maybe Tom, you, you said, you know, we didn't get enough of Rami. Did you like the villain though? Like when you when you got the villain, did you like the villain? No, I thought it was a bit bland, really. And yeah. that's not a word you'd ever want to use to describe. Like I said, you love to hate them. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but you know what I mean? Like you actually you enjoy the character. You enjoy the Bond villain. And I couldn't. I did not like as I say, I mean, what they were trying to do was I understand what they're trying to do. I just don't think they gave him, I think probably, um, Michael, they didn't give him the script and they didn't give him the, t- they, like the character just wasn't developed. Like you said, like when they were in the, the scene at the end with the pool and it, it, it was almost as if they've played out this longer fight where they know more about one another and that James Bond is more meaningful to him than... Well, yeah, like as if James Bond is very meaningful to that guy. And he, I didn't get that. You know, some movies that like, you know, with the scene with um, at uh, Belmarsh Prison with um, Blofeld in this movie, th- th- you know, that has been pl- that, that relationship there and historically with Blofeld, but that was there. Whereas at the end in, in, with Rami Malek's character, I didn't, I didn't feel that. And I just thought for such a long movie, that part was all rushed. I don't yeah. disagree with that. I, I agree with that. I, I don't think he was well-developed and he certainly wasn't very compelling at all. I think when I look back on all of the Daniel Craig movies, the only villain that was like really, you know, blows your socks off is Javier Bardem's character in Skyfall. I mean, he was really, really, really good. But oh, other yeah. than that, I mean, I like Le Chiffre in um, Casino Royale, but, you know, even his is a pretty, you know, almost real world, you know, character, you know, understated, um, nothing like uh, Javier Bardem. That guy was, that guy was pretty good in 
in Skyfall. And I think I, I like the understated, the real world thing. And I think with what they're trying to do with this last one is one, obviously it's Craig Swan, Swan, Swan song. So they wanted to give him this big spectacle. They wanted to be the Daniel Craig show and they wanted to literally save the world, go out on top. And so I think they need to make a villain to meet those means. However, and then maybe this can dive into, because uh, Tom, you mentioned the ending a little bit with the pool. We can go into spoiler conversation. So if you haven't seen this movie, stop listening now. But I think all in all, I think we recommend this movie. I think we recommend this movie. It sounds like it's a fun movie. And it's, it's worthy. If you're anywhere yeah. close to a Bond face, check it out. But I would have been totally content, dude, if they just ditched Rami entirely. And Michael, your boy, Billy Magnuson, if they Ooh. rose... If they Ooh. rose ro- rose him up a little bit, the twist and yeah. what, what happened with Light with uh, with Felix, and I think if they could have played that out a little, it bit. could have been Billy as the puppeteer almost. Like Rami is literally just oh, the, guy the, played, the guy mask. The guy from, uh, from game party, night. that party move game night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's having a real like, big summer. He was also he was in Many Saints of Newark too, so he's like getting. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. but. But what, I, but what I'm thinking is like you ditch Malik entirely. Yes, you, you you lose the DNA, the whole weaponizing thing, whatever. But like, and the stakes aren't quite there. But like, what I would have loved just like a cool final huge fist to fist going at it, beating, shooting the yep. shit out of one another. And then Bond takes him out, saves the day. And then, and then maybe he's like, just goes off that way. You know, he like, perishes that way because you know know what the billy magnuson daniel craig fight is a highlight of the movie for me and i don't know if i'm biased because i love that dude but like he was keeping up with bond and immediately when i think daniel craig bond i'm like almost terminator level like he might he's probably one step level down of like people i would not want to fight in my whole life and this guy like i think that his character kind of you know he brought it to him although flattened but (laughs) Dude, I thought he James. I thought he played too much, you know, the way and I know his character was portraying a role, but you know, he played he played very much the same kind of character he played in that what's that movie called? Game night. He reminded yeah. me of the same He's guy. He's so good at that. He's so good at that. That that dumb smile on his face, little aloof, kind of like, ooh, what's going on? Yeah, but when he turned that evil, when he turned it and like when the lighting hit him right and he's like real menacing in that, was was that a ship? Yeah, it was a ship. Uh, I, I could have seen that as him like in some dark sewer in the finale. I could have seen it. Yeah, it would have been nice if they had a really good, yeah, I, I agree that it's kind of weird that they didn't have some giant climatic mano a mano fight scene between bond and the main villain. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, their final confrontation was just so kind of abrupt, yeah. you know, you know, let's have a little talk. Okay. Boom, boom. Sorry. You know, I'm well, not- he effing breaks his arm or dislocates. Yeah, his yeah but still, still <gasps> it was pretty quick. So, so that ending, so like the last hour is basically on this island, right? That Satan's, Satan's, whatever, uh, his island. And yeah. Yeah. What are our thoughts? And then the ending, the ending itself, Bond, Craig Swansong, he dies. So like, 
How's everyone feeling about the ending and the conclusion to this Bond? To my understanding, that's never happened before, yeah. right? Like, this is the first time we've seen Bond die, right? So, like, what's up? Yeah, no, no, I have to admit, I was pretty shocked that they did that. But then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're just going to do a reboot. You know, it's going to be another reboot the way Casino Royale was a reboot. Um, So, you know, you know, whatever. I, you know, I didn't care in the end. I was, you know, fine, you know with the way it ended i was kind of more i was kind of more worried i guess that they were going to kill off you know madeline swan's character and then i was like oh my god another vesper thing you know like <laughs> you know and I, and I didn't want to go down that road again so oh my god he can I, never I was, get over vesper how is she still mentioned in this movie oh my god this i know it's so frustrating it's so frustrating yeah so i just i didn't I didn't want that to happen again because I thought that would be like, oh my God, same thing all over again. So the way it ended, it was okay. In fact, I was kind of surprised. I thought he was going to say, listen, you know, he knows he can never be with her, right? So I, I thought he was going to be like, yeah, so uh, I'm not going to make it out of here. And then she tells him that. He tells her that. And then I thought he was going to dive out the window and swim to safety. Like that, you know, <laughs> uh, like some Bruce Wayne stuff, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, exactly, Wayne, yeah. exactly, exactly. You'll see me in a cafe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom, Tom, how about Tom, you? When I, I yeah, want to know when when I mentioned the ending, I saw a little bit of a, a reaction on your part. What are your thoughts, dude? I was crushed, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely crushed. And I think that's that's the and this is the this is one of the biggest things. Like I was trying to allude to it earlier, where my mind has has changed somewhat four days whatever it is past um it's like i've gone through a brief grief period and now i'm out the other side and i'm okay i think that was gripping that last movie i was the same as doug i thought the moment he gets stabbed or whatever he however rami malik um you know, poisons him i forget was it the, oh, some yeah. a couple oh, yeah. of times was it a gun to the head brian he got he got he got a couple body shots but then yeah safe safe and also put i think their dna on his skin I thought he had it in the little neck on the capsule yeah and he yes, broke it against yes, his yes, face yes. he broke it on his cut hand or whatever it was yes, but yeah i thought at that point i saw this emotive ending where it would be he knows he can't be with her but he still survives and then almost like looks like, you know, I don't know whether we would ever know this, but you, you go home as the viewer thinking he's now looking after her, right? Yeah. He will always protect her and his kid. The guardian he, angel. They won't ever know it, that he, that that's him, but that's what would happen for them to kill right. it. And then there's a scene with the, with the missiles and then they break up into yeah. the little missiles. Yeah, I love that that part. Like, that when they cool. broke off, I was like, Oh, he's dying, dying. I was right like, now. Oh, he's dying. <laughs> Pretty cool. I thought the way they did and that was pretty cool. And then when he's standing there, like that as a scene, so like that was that was yes. quite something. Yes. I was on the edge of my seat in the movies. Had, like my face was wide. Hannah looked as if I was crying. Yeah. Um. I maybe I was. I actually know right now. But <laughs> it was. Oh, it was something. I, and it took me a long time to get over that. That you you want. Here, here's what I feel about the the character of Madeline. Right. I initially didn't really like that in Inspector, one of the terrible, and I watched this again the other day, you know, prior to this movie, just to, I've watched it so many times, but I just wanted to, wow. the way they play that Inspector is so bad. She goes from this guy turning up, basically ruining her life because her dad died, you know, he forced, yeah. you know, whatever. 
And then next next scene, you're like, all right, they're in love with each other. And that just came out of nowhere. Well, I just thought it was so quickly developed sure. that it was poor. And then, then actually, so I never really liked her. Oh, I never really liked that thing. And then over the years, as I've watched that more, I've enjoyed that more. And then I just took that for what it's worth. Like that wouldn't be necessarily where I would have taken Bond because you get used to that not being a thing. You know, this woman carries over from one to another like he's carrying Vespa with him, which is crazy at the start of this movie. Anyway, and then <laughs> I have enjoyed her. And then I just wanted them to be happy. I just want, yes. oh my God. That's, and he keeps tripping yeah. over himself. She's like, uh, she won't fight for him, I guess. And then, oh my God. And then for the, the end when she's like, it is your kid. I was like, oh my God. And then to kill him off. Oh man, yeah, it was, I was crushed. Maybe I am still crushed, I don't know. <laughs> You but, so, you seem you still sound a little crushed, and that's okay. It's yeah. emotional. I we're was, here for I you. Was, yeah, we're yeah, here for thank you. you boys. I was definitely emotional. Kimberly was very emotional. She she wanted them to be happy. I enjoyed yeah. the finality. Michael, what were your impressions? I I'm not convinced they needed those blast doors open. I'm just gonna be real. The way those missiles came down, I feel like it could have destroyed <laughs> it anyway. He probably could have got off. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm not as passionate about it you guys are. I thought it looked cool. I mean, the missiles, beautiful. The missiles landed real, real, real close to Daniel Craig. Yeah, uh, I thought. It was, <laughs> I thought <laughs> just. I just thought that that was daring for him. Um, my and my biggest nitpick just about wrapping up the storylines and getting everyone safely off. Rami Malik just lets this little girl go. I, I'm just. It just was. So, yeah. It was so strange, and I want to break this down because. She like kind of throws her hands down. And is like, no, I'm not going. And he's like, all right, go somewhere else. I'm not going to protect you. She's like, eh, okay. <laughs> and then later Bond is like, where's the girl? Where's the girl? And she just kind of crawls out from under the table. <laughs> no, like there's no danger on this island for this little girl. It's just a ni- nice way. She just like climbed. Oh, it was so nice. I, I think they all should have died together maybe. She- I thought for sure she must have been infected or something that, you know, he... Yeah. he- that that's what I thought. I thought, yeah, go ahead, go with your mom. This, you're gonna kill her, or whatever. Ooh, you know, I thought ooh, that's what I was gonna dark. happen. Yeah, yeah I, I think because I, I couldn't understand why he was like, yeah, whatever, go ahead. He's, you know, got, was kind he's of got he's got a soft spot for little girls. You know, he saved Madeline Swan <laughs> in the beginning of this movie, and he wouldn't in the now this one. It goes full circle. And yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there: him hitting the the concealed. Floor yeah, to cool. drop open that shit was so gay that looks so bad he's just like boom hits the button and immediately slams down like he's on like some old game show or whatever that was not cool i disagree that that should have been production design i'm putting my flag there i uh, that didn't bother me yeah I have, I have nothing to say about that either but but, but you we touched on the little girl yo bond's a dad bond's a dilf do we have any thoughts about that well, he's not a dilf to me, but um. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's objectively a dilf. I mean, you, I think, you know, that's what I'm saying. All right, well, you have at it, you have at it, but um, what was the question? <laughs> what, do, what do we think about him as a dad? Whatever. I'm surprised he doesn't have like all kinds of illegitimate children yeah. wandering around out there well that would have been the better ending if they all just come like out of an orphan like annie (laughs) it's a hard knock life james bond they're all it is well how about this in casino royale he gets his ball smashed to oblivion in that movie (laughs) 
How in the oh, hell is he able? Shit, how is yeah. he able to even produce at this point? Oh, like, so that's canon. He, I thought he's got no balls. I'm thinking, oh, I'm Bond. My balls have been smashed in. I can have sex with anyone I want. No repercussions. No consequences. Well, made the second boom, and then, but then now apparently, yeah, who knows how many kids he has? Surely, I thought he was firing blanks. He's got a shotgun a, down there. I think it's a plot hole or something very interesting. There might be a bond, like a bond team up movie in 20, 30 years of like all like an X Men Academy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something to think about. What did everybody think of the new 007? Oh man, I liked her. I thought she was good. I thought she was. I thought she was like sassy, going back and forth with him, being a smart ass. Yeah, and she was obviously. I thought she was really good too. My only quibble with her whole thing was the way, you know, they portrayed earlier on, like, well, wait a minute, what num- what double O is he? What double O is he? Like it was really important yeah. to her that she was double. Yes. No, yeah. And then after a certain point, she's like, Hey, you know what, um, hey, listen, you know what? Make him double O seven. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought said that the, was like stupid. I said the exact same thing to Kimberly. I think that's just fan service. I think they Yeah, needed, I thought that was they, stupid. Like they don't needed even, why bother. They wanted Craig to go out as 007, where I liked him being James Bond. I actually enjoyed that aspect in there and kind of that going back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that. Tom, I saw I saw your nonverbals. You seemingly did not like her. I didn't think there was a need for that character in the whole movie. I didn't like that. I didn't like the way they played. They sort of jokingly, well, not even jokingly, like, like for quite a while when they're in Cuba, were really fighting for the same goal or on the same side they were trying to both take that guy i did what was that about for me i didn't think that was anywhere near what would actually happen if you're trying to take this movie for what it's worth um i didn't enjoy this whole oh which double o are you i (laughs) didn't didn't enjoy that at all And, and and just to be honest with you you know there's obviously and this i didn't actually want to get into this because of it's it's a sort of it's a topic that I'm probably not well versed in. Or you know, this isn't going to be a very well thought out argument because it's really more for. I didn't think that when James Bond came back, there needed to be a double O in his way. We, we've always alluded to other double O's. You know, I think in Goldeneye we meet 006, He turns out, and that's been a long time because that's a bad movie. But double, um, double O, yeah, and and so. We've always alluded to that. I just didn't think there needed to be one in his way. That didn't. I just didn't think that needed to be part of the storyline. But that's my take on it. Obviously, there's been this whole. You know, everyone knows that Daniel Craig's coming. You know, his 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 tenure's coming to an end. What is the next Bond going to be? Was this sort of just playing to that card that there should be a female James Bond and there should be a person of color as James Bond? And I just thought that bit. You know, to have to have a 007 as a female and a black female, that wasn't the issue for me at all. But then it's just sort of the, I thought it distracted from what, how they should have been, how they should have written that movie. I just didn't think that needed to be in there at all. And I think I was probably just against having a James, uh, having another 007 in the movie because that's never really happened before. I think I was probably just against that and didn't really give her a chance to be honest. Yeah. And I, I definitely think it served I think it served a nice purpose to give Dan- like James Bond a glance at like life without him. Like th- that piece of like, okay, there will be another 00s, 007s even that I, I can leave behind 
And I can see with my own eyes that they're actually very well equipped. Like they might not need me. So that might make his decision in the end feel really nice. But I think it's interesting that Daniel Craig, even someone asked him recently, like, who do you think the next, like, do you think the next James Bond should be a woman? And he was like, no, just write action heroes for women. Just make a brand new character. And I think that's where it's at. So I thought it was an interesting play to that card. I definitely think it was in there very, very consciously by the writers to be like, or at least the casting director be like, we want this new 007 to be almost the antithesis of James Bond. Make that drastic kind of difference, even if it's just visually, which sounds really shitty right now. But as as a development of like, hey, I don't have to be the only one fighting for the whole world now. Although now putting my fucking foot in my mouth, like he still saves the world on his own. She actually becomes useless towards the end anyway. Because just like you said, she gave up. She was like, oh, this this James Bond. I oh, pat him on the back. You got it, Captain. Get in there. I'll just stand at HQ looking worried. Like, no, get in there. You want to be 007, do it. Yeah. I don't think I feel as strongly as anyone really here. I think it was, I think she was a cool character with or without that title. And I didn't have a problem with her. I just thought it was stupid that, you know. She just... You know, she just like, she just relinquished. She relinquished the title of 007 to James Bond. When it was, that, it was such an important thing for because he because right before that he was like, "Thank you, 007." Like he showed some respect to her, and then and then she was like, oh, "I appreciate that respect. Let me give it back to him now." Which again, like, okay. whatever. Which, right. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I think that was just Bond being cool, being nice. But like, I don't think that meant. He didn't do that to like get that title back. Anyway, this bond that was one of those things where they hit you on the head over, you know, just, you know, he hasn't cared about that double O moniker throughout this entire, you know, uh, franchise. He's never really cared about what it meant to be a double O. He's always, he's always used that title to kill people and doesn't really, I don't think he, his, his relationship with country, I think is very questionable throughout like this Mm -hmm. series, you know? So I don't think that honestly the title means all of a lot to him, but the, so I think the idea of him getting that title back at the end purely just serves. I do think it's like fan service. So we can hear Daniel Craig being called 007 one last time before the end of the movie. Honestly, I think that's what yeah, it was. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure. Um, with all that being said, I said, this would be an hour. We're already nearing the hour mark. Right. I smell some Let's- pizza in the oven. It's so good. Let's talk about some pizza-related questions and and see how quickly we can get this pizza out of the oven, if we will, if we're roll, if we're rolling with that metaphor. So, <laughs> of um, course, we are. It's literally called our slice on on film. Our another, slice on film. And, and you know what? Another movie. No, no mention of pizza. Tom, what kind of what kind of presence does pizza have in England? Does it have any? Is it is it significant in any way? What kind of presence? Yeah, pizza, just in general. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. It's great. So, it, it. so it could have been. It could have been the movie. It could have been. They could have had Bond over some, you know, beer and pizza. Anyways. A high Heineken, apparently. Let's go to, yeah. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Best Slice. Best Slice, best scene, your favorite scene. Um, who wants to get the ball rolling on this one? Who Anyone feel strongly about a particular scene they want to they call dibs on? Michael, quick. Michael hand. gets it. I'm just going to get it out of the way. Um, the stairwell scene in on the island when he's running up to the tower, to the control room. Brian, this is a one take scene. Yes. I saw oh, that. yes, no, it yeah, is. Yeah, he yeah. starts at the bottom of the stairwell. This badass MF makes his way all the way to the top. 
killing folks, dodging numerous bullets. Um, and I I need to know how many takes Daniel Craig did of that. I'm a huge fan of one takes. I was looking for them. I definitely feel a very, you know, I feel like action movies, especially when they're in a cinematic spectacle kind of feel, they need that. They, I want to see it. I want to see that really nice one take that you're trusting the director, you're trusting your extras and your crew and your stunt, you're putting it all together. And to me, that scene, oh man, it was just beautiful. I loved it. Best slice. I knew you were going to say that. I'm happy you said that. He looked good doing that. I love that. Yeah, he Hen- did. That Henley with the, with the, with the stirrup, with the, uh, with the, with the, the overall, the, the suspenders. Thank you. Yep. Good look. Good, good look. Yes. He he's super sweaty by the top. So, I mean, that's not. <laughs> It was pretty, and then he used he was using those those corpses as like body body shields. Man, that, oh, that is dude, classic. Bad, badass, badass. All right, um, I see my dad's thinking about it a little bit, so I'm gonna jump to Tom. Tom, what is your best slice? And it was funny because you you um you'd said to me before I went to watch the movie like here's a few things to think about when you go watch the movie. I came out and I was like I don't necessarily know there wasn't a a, a complete standout scene that I love like when I go back to. I can do that probably for the last probably six or seven movies. I can probably give you that quite easily. Like for example, I think I still think that final hand scene in Casino Royale, even though like who's pulling out all these hands, I don't watch poker, but like I don't play it. And I'm like, I've never had one of those hands in my life, but sure. Like when the big guy does like five and he holds up his hand, like in the little, I think that, that seems awesome. But um, I, I did actually enjoy I enjoyed that transition from that very, very first scene where they're on the lake. That was cool. You know, this, you know, I don't know what the phrasing is for the, how you film this sort of thing, but it was where all zoomed out. And then this sort of figures walking across the ice because that was so different. And I'm not, I'm not always up for James Bond. Take, I, I like it to stick to sort of quintessential James Bond. I thought that was cool because then I thought then the scene in, it was Italy, wherever they were, after he goes up to the, I was kind of like, oh, flipping it, we're still on this Vespa girl. But, but I thought that was just going to be it. They were going to move on and then that was going to be great. The 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 bomb out the tomb, whatever comes as a real shock. Oh, yeah. And then that sequence that ends up with, um, you know, the car spinning around. I thought that yeah. was cool. I enjoyed that. Oh, I was that like, is classic James Bond, isn't it? It, it? It's That's the sort of thing where it's like, I'm an easy fan to please in that sense <laughs> James Bond. Um, because that took me back a little bit and I thought that was pretty fun. I thought that that town itself is so cool. And then said to have that old, I'm not necessarily that good with the cars, but that old Aston Martin they have, the DB9 or whatever, to then do that. I, I did enjoy that, I have to admit. And then as just something where I was gripped, absolutely gripped, was was the ending scene. Yeah. So those two for me. Awesome. Good ones to pick. The opening and the ending. Sweet. Awesome. Nice little bookend you got. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, Dad, are you ready to go or do you want me to jump in first? No, I mean, the thing that, you know, the, I guess one of the sequences that I liked the best was like, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised uh, with uh, Ana de Armas's uh, performance as that character, Paloma. I liked her a lot and I liked their the banter between them two. I thought it was most amusing and I thought as far as injecting any kind of levity into the, into the film, they did a really, really good job with those two. Um, whereas I thought, you know, some of the lines that he delivers, you know, later on, I thought, you know, kind of fall flat. You know, he's not the only person who could ever deliver those lines really well was Sean Connery. But, um, you know, like where I, I forgot what he said, you know, something like, yeah, oh, I just... I- 
showed him this device and you know it blew his mind i mean you know that's okay mm. whatever stuff like that <laughs> ana de armas paloma scenes i thought were 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 good i i completely agree and I, I have on good authority that she might come up in a later later question uh, too. So, <laughs> um, so um, for me, I really enjoyed that sequence when they're in the chase. They're being chased by uh, Billy Magnuson's crew uh, yeah. in, the, in, the in, in the forest, in the woods. And all of a sudden, the the picture just turns really dark and like gray, yeah. and it looks grim yeah. and it's bleak. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I remember my heart racing. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then he just he tells him to hide. He gets out of the car, and he just looks one pissed and then mm. two like a badass anytime he shoots from the hip in this movie i think <laughs> it looks awesome he's when anything's just like i just think it's so cool and then he takes that thing and he pulls it against a tree and that guy's head basically gets i love that or whatever yeah i liked i like that whole entire and i think the score this is a hans zimmer score if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. i think it was really swelling in that moment too so i really enjoyed that sequence that was a cool sequence actually yeah, yeah. i agree that was gonna be my <laughs> second backup <laughs> I, I do love the cars, you know, when they're like, he's driving in that really crappy Toyota or whatever it is. And then these two like Range Rovers are chasing him. And then because it's Bond driving this piece of crap car, he throws off these two elite Range yeah. Rovers. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is going on here? Like, how are you that bad at driving? You can't ram your Range Rovers into this guy. And then, yeah, I think it, I thought it was really cool when he's like, yeah, I'm going to protect these two girls mm -hmm. and I'm just going to go kill some people. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then, like, it was almost like a payback to some earlier Bond movies. Like the one is, I think it's the like BMW bike scene in Tomorrow Never Dies, where they cannot shoot him at all. They are firing thousands of bullets, <laughs> and he is not worried a bit that one of them's going to hit him. <laughs> and it's even like that guy you've been talking about. He's shooting him with a machine gun and James Bond's like, no, nah, that's, that's not going to hit me. Yeah. I'm just going to throw this car on you when you crash. <laughs> we, say, we say this isn't a superhero movie, but there are definitely some elements. Oh, look at that. When we think yeah. like, okay, like what's, what's the, what are these things that like 53, 55 year old Daniel Craig's doing right now? Bullets are yeah. bouncing off of his massive yeah. like chest. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that's our best slice. Let's jump to favorite topping. I think this one. Oh, might be a you little... said we were going to skip this one, Brian. Well, I, I, I introduced it to Tom. I definitely have something. So if we have a conversation, a paraphrase, what have you, Michael, if you don't have something, I'm you don't just have saying, I saw it. And then you said, I'm not taking notes during this movie. So let's not do favorite topping. And I was like, all you right. You know what? I didn't take, I did not take notes during the movie, but I oh, remembered something. I, I, I did remember something. And I don't think it's, it's it, it'll be an exact quote, but there was a moment where I was like, this is, this is affecting me. So. All right. I just just want you to know I'm not prepared for class, so I'm going to go last. Okay, cool. And if you don't have anything, you don't have anything. That's no, fine. I have to. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Ryan, can you lead off so you give me an idea of what we're, we're talking about here? Oh, Tom's, yeah. Tom's tardy too. So we don't have to have anything. I, I never, I didn't know to take notes, but I, I, I have, before this podcast, I wrote some stuff down. I just want to know that I'm on the right yeah. right line. No, so we're not, think... we're not those guys walking into movie theaters with notebooks and flashlights. No, no, like, no. come on, <laughs> Doug, I know you do that, but the rest of us aren't gonna. I think, I think for me, I think what was effective, we talked about the ending a lot already and correct me if I'm wrong, but when he was casted, I think he got a lot of slack over his physical appearance, both with his color of his hair. And I think like his facial features, his eyes, everything about him, I think. And then I think the movie ends with a close-up on his face and with that conversation 
of them saying, she has your eyes. She has your eyes. She looks like you. And then he's like, I know. And he did that, that back and forth. And I'm like, here he is 15 years later. And then they're acknowledging basically these physical criticisms that he got when he was first casted. And it kind of goes full circle. And I can see Craig being a producer behind the scenes being like, Hey, let's really hone in on how, like how flipping blue my eyes are right now. And so I think that that's what got me choked up. I was like, here, and I was like, Oh my God, this is really emotional. This is about <laughs> to end. And, and I thought that was, that was effective for me. And I thought that was kind of meta in a way. And I, and I enjoyed that. That's cute. Good catch. Thank you. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but that's just where my mind went. So. It's on record now. Oh, I know when yeah. he was originally cast, people were apoplectic over the fact that he was blonde more than yeah. any. They just people oh. could just get over that. I guess James Vine is supposed to have what, like black hair, I guess. Yeah, or he had always had dark hair up until that point. And I, mm-hmm. Probably Ian Fleming wrote him that way as well. So, you know, people just, you know, people are stupid. So fuck them. Anyway. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, 15 years later, people, you know, they adore him, you know, they're lining like, up to see his three hour finale. Yeah. So, and now people and people are cl- like, couldn't get over a blonde hair bond. And now people are, they're chomping. Don't let him bit, go. You know? Don't let well, him go. Well, not only that, now they want, we want a female bond. We want a person of color, you know, we yeah, want, exactly, you know, yeah. even, you know, so I think it's funny that 15 years ago, like, Oh my God, we want to, we don't want a blonde bond. You know, that's so, that is small fries. Now I think yeah. it's interesting how, where we've come as a society, but um, all right, Tom, what, what do you got? I had, I actually, I had made a note on this one before this podcast, and this is going to be bad, but I did have, but this was before I can remember her name. I was like, the scene with the hot girl in Cuba when <laughs> so that's Anna. That was, and that was fun, man. That was a cool scene. That was probably, that probably maybe is more of a best slice. So I will go to this one. I was thinking about this after the movie. I cut, I, I'm a dude who likes to watch prison shows on Netflix. I don't know if that's weird, but I mean, other people do, I guess, but just to give you a bit of background, I thought the whole scene, I've always enjoyed the scenes like with prisons. I thought that was cool how um, Blofeld came out, you know, that little thing. I thought actually the dialogue was kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I thought um, it was kind of weird. Like, you know, when they go into, so James and I don't know, you know, that, that other a secret service guy is walking from one side and then Nomi and uh, Madeline are walking from the other side. I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. That's that actually, I could feel the tension and the way that he said to her, Hey, Dr. Swan, I didn't actually like that bit. I thought I, that didn't do well for me. And then they didn't shake. I was like, nah, but I was really looking forward to that bit. And so then when she bails, I was like, that's kind of a shame, but then correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the bit where she said, I'm going home yeah. and he picked up on that. That's that bit. Okay. Because wow. I like that. And then the scene, that's obviously the starting scene to that forest, you know, that cool car chase. But then she says, I think it's like, as he comes in the door, is that meant for me? You know, when he has the gun out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's cheesy, but I actually still like that. And I can remember that. And then she's in her normal clothes. And yeah, I really quite enjoyed that. And I thought that was, if they're going to introduce James Bond's kid, Actually, I think they did that quite well. That was kind of, that was almost quite a natural transition into something that is so unnatural in James Bond that there's a child in the movie, let alone that child is his. Obviously, at that point, she says it's not. But um, and did you think it was his kid right from the get go? Yeah, straight away. Moment, no one believed that, right? Says, yeah. No, wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I bought it. I bought it that when she said that, 
I did buy that, but yeah, so um, it just leads. It's just another part of the heartbreak of the movie, isn't it? Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh wow, that's amazing. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> that that little girl is gonna grow up to be Emily Blunt, and she's gonna be in the next movie. I'm calling it here. It's gonna fast forward 30 years in the future, and it's gonna be Emily Blunt as Double O. You hear it. You heard it here first. Can I ask one bit that I didn't understand about the movie? And maybe I've really missed this part. What was the mosquito bite? Was that what it was? What mosquito bite? You know, well, on the girl's arm. In the car. That's a good question. I thought that was going to go somewhere. I thought that was going to be a big part to it. Like she got poisonous. I was like, what? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Did he infect her with something and she thinks she's got yeah. a mosquito bite? No. Yeah, but it didn't go anywhere. I don't know what that it was. Made us, it just made me, conf- it distracted me for a few minutes because I was expecting it to come up. And then every time I saw the girl, I was like expecting that to be a thing. Oh, her arm's swollen now. What's going on over there? <laughs> oh my God, she's got the plague. They got you with the red herring, man. They got you. Because it was all, it was always about this virus thing. And then all of a sudden that just, that came and went. And that, anyway, I thought that was just a bit weird, but it was weird. on the whole, I really enjoyed that little girl. <laughs> like, she was, she was <laughs> uh, Dad, how about you? Do you have a fa- favorite conversation quote, anything? I don't remember any specific lines that I thought were, you know, fantastic or anything like that. I did like a lot the uh, exchange that went on in the beginning with uh, Felix Leiter and James Bond. I liked them being yeah. stuff. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. And um, that was kind of uh, shocking the way that all transpired. But, um, yeah, I like Jeffrey Wright a lot, and I thought he was a really, really good Felix Leiter. So yeah, agreed. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Michael, my my best topping, right? Favorite, Favorite topping, topping comes from Nomi, our new 007. It's when she's up on the uh, on the balcony with the scientist, and she looks down, nowhere to go. The gun's all over the place. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> huh? time to die and then she pushes him over to the end ah that was the best one yeah <laughs> that was good oh man i just yep that was <laughs> i'm i'm more getting a hoot out of you just trying to articulate yeah. that line that's um, what she said right she I, didn't say no time to die yeah, no, yeah. She didn't. <laughs> no time it is time to die splat classic man uh, that's what i want out of a james bond movie well, I'm glad you got it. Yeah, I got um, that out of my system. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, let's jump, let's jump to the character that we would want to have a slice of pizza with. Someone you want to sit down and just share some pizza. All right. Um, who hasn't gone first yet? Michael's gone first. I've gone first. Tom or dad, who wants to take the uh take the cake on this one? Go on, Doug. Oh man, I, I don't know. I mean I I mean, it's too obvious. I guess I would have to say that I'd like to sit down with James Bond, you know, and have a, a chat with him about his adventures and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know. I can't think. Of, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, no, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll get myself in trouble. But yeah, yeah, that's, I'll go that, go that way. <laughs> now, because I was thinking about this, is it the character of the movie or the actor that plays these people? Yeah, and I've asked it's, that question before, and I think it's supposed to be the character because... It's I mean, a- that makes a big difference. It's a pretty thin line. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed, yeah. Be, it's supposed to be the character for sure. But, you know. Look, they're a celebrity. I'd love to have a slice of pizza with really any of them. Yeah. 
So yeah, the character, which character did you walk away thinking, man, it'd be cool to sit down with them a little bit. Even though, you know, they're dead. Yeah. I yeah, was about exactly. to say, if, <laughs> let's say, let's say we take it for that. And it's the end of the movie. Then I'll probably sit down with Madeline. I was going to say like, I don't know. How, how, how's how, wow. How's everyone's thoughts of her? Like I said, like I wasn't initially that happy with the way that was scripted. And I didn't really like her that much, Inspector. And then she grew on me as I watched that movie way, way more times. And then in this movie, I said something about her. I think she was really good. I, I really enjoyed her character, like the emotion. It's not like over the top, but you can see like she is destroyed. You know, when like he shows her the mask. Yeah, yeah. That is so believable yeah. the way she acts. Yeah, I, I like, like wow, that it's so I like, cool. I liked her a lot too. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen Spectre since the day I saw it in the theater. And I honestly can't remember her character. I, I can barely remember much of the movie except except towards the end. And it seemed like it was a video game where he's running through a building and all these different things he had to destroy. It was so stupid. Yeah, and barely remember her in it. So when the film began and he's in this relationship with this woman, I was like, oh, I don't know where she came from. I guess other film, but whatever. It didn't matter because there was already... You know, you could, yeah, there was a thing there, you know, and you could, you could see it and it was, it was, it was good. It was well done. And I, I did like her a lot in it. Cool. All right. Madeline Swan for Tom. Um, I'm going to nope. go ahead and go. Mine's Paloma. It's easy. It's just, I, ah. I think, I think that's where you were going to go. Out. I think you were going to go there, but then you said you didn't want to get in trouble. I'll go ahead and get in trouble. It's Paloma. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's a no brainer. She was absolutely electric in this movie. She came yeah. in for 15 minutes. She dominated 15 minutes, came out of the bullpen, throwing a hundred mile per hour heat. <laughs> just, just absolutely fantastic. She was kicking people, punch people, shooting people. She had the charm. She was hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. Every single day of the week, I would have a slice of pizza with this woman and I'm, I just no regrets. It was fantastic. She was great. Good call. That good dress. Call. She did it all in a dress. And and she looked good doing it. it yeah. Was, yeah. No, yeah. So yeah. that was my quick thoughts on that. Michael, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Q, an underrated B team member of the Daniel Craig saga. <laughs> uh, he, he didn't get an ending. He didn't get an ending. I'm, I'm wondering i'm wondering if they'll carry him on to the next one or if they're really just gonna boyfriend and, and, and he has a hairless cat which was weird yeah i mean it was a cute little glimpse into like when he's not just sitting behind the desk i'm a big ben wishaw fan uh like yeah. when he pops up and stuff but i i gotta have i gotta have a slice with my boy and just be like man you uh you heard james bond die like talk to me man like you were his buddy too who's trekking up on <laughs> Q? <laughs> okay so you want to be emotional support for q yeah maybe i don't know yeah okay okay cool i can dig i can dig that plus he probably knows all of the secrets man more than he probably knows more secrets than ralph finds you know what q stands for questionable merit no what <laughs> <laughs> quarter what is it quartermaster he's the he's the quartermaster for the secret service oh he's the one with all the gadgets and weapons yeah and maps yeah, cool. so that makes sense anyway. good for you q quartermaster yep let's go ahead i think he'll be in the next one by the way but he won't be q he will have imploded in how that movie ended. he had to hear 
007 die. I just don't think he can live on from that. Oh, you think he becomes the bad guy? No, no. I think he will just be retired. Yeah, crushed like me. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he cares. He'll probably be happy if somebody's going to be around to ruin his stuff. <laughs> he, st- he still has a job. Operate outside his lines of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's go ahead and slice this movie out, shall we? Let's. Uh, out of eight slices, eight uh-huh. out of eight is the perfect pie. Zero out of eight is something that you're just not going to revisit ever again. Michael. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm gonna. I I'm not gonna grade this for a James Bond movie. I'm gonna have to just grade this right now. Is like I was able to go to the theaters in a very nice situation, pay mm-hmm. money, enjoy the time, spectacle, narrative, story, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't care as much as you guys about James Bond's legacy. So I'm with that. I'm I'm gonna give it probably a six out of eight. I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, now two of those slices come off because I'll probably fast forward through a bunch of the bullshit. Um, and probably the ending when like Rami Malek's talking, I think he was probably the, my biggest detractor from this movie. So he gets his own little slice to go enjoy in the corner with his, um, trap door (laughs) and I'll take the other six. All right. Cool. I like it. Six out of eight is very respectable. I think so. Um, all right. Uh, Tom. So I think for me, um, uh, there's parts to this. The reason I'll give it what I'm going to give it is because there's parts to this movie that I loved. I bought into, you know, what do you expect from a James Bond movie, right? I think that will be the eternal question for people who want to review this movie. And this is the first time I've ever reviewed a movie. So I've thought about this movie more than any other movie. And that question keeps coming back to me. It's like, well, what did you expect, Tom? What did you want? What do you want when you watch a James Bond? So anyway, I bought into this whole developing the character, developing the human side of him. He's not this unflappable stud that can't be injured, can't be hurt physically or emotionally. So I bought into it. I, I was just then ready for it to be done a little bit better. I think there's a few of the storylines were a bit weak. The whole, like I touched on the whole Spectre thing, just suddenly being usurped by a more, just a singular villain who we don't develop the character. Um, As I said, I didn't like the other 007 that was in there that was then sort of competing with him for the same job where they worked for MI6. That's just silly for me. Um, There was parts of it I didn't, didn't just, I just didn't get, I thought the whole eyeball thing with, um, what's his name? Blofeld and his little guy was a bit cheap for me. I just, oh, that didn't, I, I agree, didn't man. Up. Sorry to interrupt. Like that eyeball That's should fine. have been, should have been a lot bigger deal than it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and he was running these movies and they were watch. Uh, he was running these meetings, sorry. And they were watching him the whole time. That was weird, man. I, it was just a few bits like that that didn't land for me. I wanted so bad for those two to end up together. Well, those three. And if that had have happened, dude, this could have been like a nine out of eight. Um, it turns out it's a five. Wow. All right. Still, still a respect. That's pretty average. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, I hate yeah. to say that about this big movie everyone's been waiting two years for. <laughs> yeah. I just think if there was, yeah, if, and, it, and, that, and then I take a slice off of just what I wanted. I wanted them to end up together. And there was just so much bloody heartbreak in this movie. We lose Felix. 
we lose. We, they, they break up when they shouldn't. They, they then meet up again and then they meet back up again in Norway and then he saves her. She goes off. And, uh, you know, the kid, is, the kid isn't his. The kid is his. The kid isn't his. The kid actually is his. I don't yeah. know. And then finally we lose him. Oh, man. So that's, that takes a slice for me just for what I wanted out of that storyline. But the other two come off for like, you got to give the props for the music. I thought, I thought the Billie Eilish song was crap, but the Hans Zimmer stuff. Yeah. I'm a huge Hans Zimmer guy and his stuff is just amazing. I can't wait to listen to that again. Um, some of the scenes like, yeah, the, the forest scene, the car chase at the start, the missiles at the end. I'll never get over that. That was just flipping awesome. Um, so yeah, I take two off just for, it's, it's, it's harsh to say lazy writing because actually they must've tried so bloody hard, but, maybe just overthinking it and then missing a few, missing a bit of the detail. And then just some of the storylines not landing for me, huge props to that whole Paloma story. That was just slick. That was just awesome. That was quintessential James Bond. That was really, really attractive um, to watch that. That was just awesome. But yeah, so six, five, five out of eight. Amazon. First of all, that's a, that's a five out of eight. Good score. That's good not, score, yeah. that's not, there are worse scores out there. And I think it's a very respectable score. It's no Hubie Halloween. And, no, no, he'd be <laughs> Halloween. Um, Amazon has the right to to bomb moving forward. Now I can totally see a spinoff series with Paloma. Give me like a give me a give me a season of Paloma somewhere in, in Cuba that wherever wherever they're at. I would watch that every single day of the week. All right, um, Dad, do you want to go? Yeah, I was gonna say five as well. Um, I would give it five out of eight. Um, I thought the running time was far too long. I feel that if you can't make a film like that in two hours or less, there's you know there's too much shit in there that doesn't need to be in there. Um, although I, I can't tell you where they should have cut from it, but it's, <laughs> it's just you know it's just it's too long. Um, and I'm not sure that I necessarily. I would like to. Have, eh, I'm torn about the ending. I don't care that it ended the way it ended. And I probably would have been like, there's no way, you know, he was going to settle down and be with somebody regardless. Um, um, I'm happy that she didn't get killed. So I was okay with that. I just, I thought the running time was too long. I thought some of the writing really, really fell flat. Rami Malek's character was not super well-developed. I thought he was okay, but he was hardly in it. Um, I didn't even understand what his, whole thing was about you know family got wiped out by mr white who was the guy in the first film you know and i don't necessarily care about the fact that they had to tie every single stupid movie together i mean they could have been standalone stories and i would have been perfectly happy with that um and in you know none of these movies will ever compare in my mind to casino royale which i thought was you know that was a for sure eight out of eight, you know, probably my best, most favorite Bond film. This was not really quite close to that at all. So uh, five, five out of eight. I liked it. It was very entertaining. Um, it was a good send off for Daniel Craig, but you know, I'm not going to rush out and go see it again. I know that that's it. Yeah. All right. For sure. I hear you. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear we're all on the same page about Casino Royale. I agree. I think that's like the eight out of eight right yeah. there. Yeah. 
And then maybe, you know, Skyfall is probably honestly like a seven out of eight, a six out of eight in that range for me. If I'm going one and then two, I got, I got no time to die handsomely in third at a five out of eight as well. Okay. So top of the second tier. Yeah. I think it's very comfortably right there. I'm not mad about it. I agree. It's way too long. Although looking at the other Bond films, Casino Royale clocked in at 224. Skyfall 223, Spectre 228, and then Quantum of Solace is the oddball at an hour 46. So, like, um, so this is still too long. I think if they wanted to make it similar to other ones, you can probably find 15, 20 minutes somewhere. Um, <laughs> but, but, anyways, it was entertaining. There were some great sequences. That one is epic. I think all of our best slices are phenomenal. It's, some of the other stuff that just didn't work. The villain, unfortunately, didn't work like it hasn't for a couple movies now. Um, but I thought it was an emotional send-off for a phenomenal Bond and actor. And genuinely, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for Daniel Craig. We've got a little taste of the of what he likes to do outside of Bond as an actor. And I think I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes from here. And I'm looking forward to seeing where James Bond goes from here, too, and who they'll cast uh, as the next lead. So five out of eight. There's worse ways to end this, this, this era. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Daniel Craig. Yeah, here, here. A martini for Craig. I was shaking. A scotch drinker there at the end, but whatever. <laughs> there was a bourbon. I don't know. Definitely some alcoholic tendencies displayed throughout his run as Bond, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, with his demons and and then cool, cool. So a six out of eight from Michael, a five out of eight from myself, Tom, and my dad. That is no time to die. Um, check it out. Only in theaters. It's a fun ride. Um, should we do last slice? Yeah, uh, we can keep it. Uh, two words for your last slice, folks. Here on our slice on film, just give just give our listeners, our faithful audience members, just a taste into your personal life outside of No Time to Die. Um, Brian, show them how it's done. What is your two words last last slice this week? Um, my two word last slice. I just saw this update right now. My two word last slice. It's actually three words. It's uh, Fail. F John Gruden. He just resigned as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach for some controversial emails and I think phone calls too that have been released that contain that contain materials that were homophobic, racist, misogynistic, sexist, just an absolutely troubled, terrible human being, it seems like. And he is no longer the coach, as he should not be. So F him. And I hope he never gets a job in the NFL again. He's just a terrible human being, it seems like. What a, nice. What an idiot. Yeah, and I read I read the article before jumping on today, and if any of that's even remotely true, it's incredibly disturbing. I can't believe that that is just found out now. This is from 2011. It's really yeah, 2011. It's yeah. really problematic. It's really not good. Yeah. So f him and uh, yeah. So that's 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 my last slice. Um, let's go. To, let's go to my dad. Dad, what's your last slice? Oh, good God, I don't know. Uh- Cool. Good talk. Michael, your the, turn. Uh, um, <laughs> I was disappointed that the White Sox game was rained out today, and I'm hoping that the series gets wrapped up tomorrow afternoon. Which means you want the Astros to win. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I saw the Astros moved up their number one starter who wasn't slated to pitch this game, but since the rain delay, he has an extra day of rest. 
he's going to pitch tomorrow. So I think they, I think they're going for it. They're hoping to close it out tomorrow. Well, the well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, have no faith in Dusty Baker and his ability to manage a team. So if he he completely blows it, I would not be shocked. He's the first manager in baseball history to leave five different ball clubs to um, uh, elite, elite, a division. <laughs> and, and how many World Series rings does he have? One. How many? Did when? he have one with the Giants? Does he have one with the Giants? He does not. They got rid of him because he brought him to the brought him to the series, and he could never he could never close the deal. That's still bitter from the 2003 Cubs run. That's understandable. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Um, okay, um, Michael, how about you? Um, my last slice, two words: Halloween and Scream. There's a new poster out. Scream Five comes out in January. Why? A trailer leaked. Why? There's Why? there's some footage. Why what? Why? Why do they keep making Scream movies? <laughs> the same reason they keep making James Bond movies, motherfucker. I don't know. So <laughs> Scream 5 comes out in oh January. Super excited. This guy's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited. Um, and then Halloween Kills comes out this Friday, um, the second in the next trilogy that we got going on. Super excited. Um, Brian, our boy Dylan Minette is in Scream 5. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, wow. Go good for him. Yeah, from Wallows. Anyway, Doug, you're not an actual... You're awesome. James Bond is awesome, too. And Scream is awesome. We all have our spaces. I've only, <laughs> I've only ever seen the first one. I was kind of flabbergasted when you said Scream 5. I just kind of was like, what? Yeah, ready to go. Hayden Panettiere was in the fourth one. You know she what I was great. watching this morning on AMC? Tremors. Boom. Boom. Classic. Go check Classic. out. Me and Kimberly did a review of that one I know. with uh, Jolene. I, I heard that. I, I listened to that podcast. Oh, Trevor. I just want to say I haven't seen Fred Ward since, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Poor Fred Ward. I hope he's right. okay. Um, Thomas, take it. Take us out. Boys, I'm going to leave you on the sports theme again. That's all I like to do, really. Hannah knows if I'm watching TV, it's because something's on sports-wise. I'm gonna low, I'm gonna go with F Alabama. Okay. Oh, I could get College football that. is hot enough. It, you know, for the for the millions of viewers out there, it's, <laughs> you know, it might sound weird for a for an English fella to be this into college football. I have been probably since 2015, which isn't a long time, but it's six years for me. And huge Eagles fan, by the way. Got into college ball when I came out here in 2015, and it's just been Bama, Clemson. Every year, it's difficult for an English guy to get your head around all this recruiting and just these powerhouse schools. Bama lose in a cracker to <laughs> A&M. Um, who's, who, Georgia's number one. You've got Iowa, two. Oklahoma's up there. They beat Texas in a worldly of a game. You've got Penn State making a comeback from last year, losing close to their time. So, so listen, college football is, is great this year. Mississippi State, that's my team, not doing so good, but there you go. <laughs> so I'll leave you with that, boys. I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out when you might not have, well, you definitely won't have a Clemson in there, but you might not have a Bama in there either. Finally, a shakeup in college football. It's nice to see the the changing of the tides, you know, some finally uh, some new players at the table, which is cool. Changing of the Crimson Tide? One could say that. One can certainly say that. Um, well, cool. Boys, 
Thanks for coming on this Megapod to talk about a mega movie. It was a good time. I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. It went a little long, just like the movie, but I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Boys, I had a great time. Thanks for inviting me on. Three years down the road, just let me know. The next one's out. I'll be ready to, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be ready to back on. Tom, Look forward to it. We would love to have you on before that as well. If you want to do a non-Bond movie, don't feel like you are just limited to Bond, all right? Non-Bond, yeah. Thanks, boys. I, I enjoyed that. That was great fun. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dad, thank you for being so spontaneous and just jumping on on a whim. You're and, ride or uh, die, Doug. <laughs> you all have a good one. That has been our Slice on Film. <laughs>